Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Stephanie Hudson. Stephanie actually has two sides of her agency. She's got her direct-to-client business, Sweet Tweet. Sweet Tea Marketing. She has a white label agency called Focus WP. Stephanie has been building websites and marketing them since the late 90s, equal parts geek and dreamer. Her wide ranging experience gives her the chops to understand complex tech, but also explain it in simple terms for mere mortals. Stephanie has been at this for over 25 years has worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients, currently serves over 60 agencies with her white label program. And uh, and yeah, so we're pumped to have Stephanie on the program. Welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Stephanie, we kind of talked about the two sides of your agency today in your intro, but uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, kind of paint us a picture of Sweet Tea Marketing and Focus WP. Like what's the makeup of your team? Like how many, how many people do you have kind of with you right now? Who's a typical client? And uh, yeah, just paint us a picture. They are actually two completely separate companies. Uh, Sweet Tea Marketing focuses on the craft beer space. So you can go to sweettea.beer and you can see what we're doing there. We, we work with breweries doing branding and web development, things like that, help them with their social and everything. And then Focus WP is a white label maintenance company. So we do uh, WordPress, backups, updates, all of those kind of things for agencies. And then we also have ad hoc um, services, development services, and things like that. So we could sort of be a supplemental team for small agencies that are growing. And so there are two different companies. So like between the two companies, is it is it just you that's running all that? Or do you have a few people that you're working with? I keep a lean shop. I use only contractors. I don't have any full-time people. I like am very hesitant to cross that bridge and to go down that road into all of those complicated HR and administrative things. So I have my team of trusted people that I continue to use. Uh, at some point, it will, will end up there. But so with the Sweet Tea, you know, I have all my developers and all of that that I use and, that, and designers. And then with Focus, I have a business partner, Tom Jensen. He's a, he's a Canadian. So technically, we're an international company. And we, we do have customers all over the world, too. We've got a good bit of Australian and British and you know, people from everywhere, which is super cool. Like that's something I never really expected to have like a big international client base and international company. Cause I, I was doing all this local, more local stuff, you know, local breweries, local companies and stuff. So that's pretty exciting to me to have such a far flung network in that, that business. But we have the same, the same deal there. We have, um, our staff that does works on the core part of the business, which is the updates and all of that and the troubleshooting and testing. And then we have our design team and our developers and all this. And we just, we just keep everybody working together. You mentioned that, um, 
you keep it pretty lean and kind of this team of contractors. You've been at this quite a while. Was there ever a time where you started to kind of bring on team members or kind of grow full-time employees that kind of burned you on that? Or has this always been an intentional choice? Uh, That's a tough decision. I haven't been burned really. I've just heard horror stories and the admin part of the business is not my favorite. It's not my strength. I don't like, I know I can hire that out and everything, but I don't know. I like having a wide network and I like being able to not have the overhead. You know, I've never wanted a big fancy office. I love working at my home office. I love it. I like having people that I can bring on and then unload for different projects so that I can keep my costs and my prices affordable. Because I do work with local businesses. I work with smaller businesses. I'm not working with huge, you know, mid-sized companies or anything like that. So to take on all the overhead to me, then just has to be passed on to the customer. And so I don't know, that's just never been a part of my business model. You mentioned that you are focused on uh, with Sweetie, the the craft beer space is kind of your focused Mm -hmm. niche. Uh Was that... Or niche, if you prefer. How'd you get into that space? You know, I've I've always sort of said like, well, even before everybody talked about niching down as much as they do the past several years, it, I always sort of thought like, if I could just do something really well, like I could just do it for a lot of people. And I kind of always thought if I had three of something, that could be a niche. You know, if I if I just happened to have three of something. And at the time, I think I might've had three IT companies and three breweries that I was working with, and then a scattering of other industries. And it's like, well, which seems more fun? Like the IT companies, their conferences are at 8 a.m. and they're dry and boring. The brewery starts at 10 at their conferences and they hand you a cup and you can go and fill it up with beer all over the place. You know, like it's fun to market something that people want to be marketed to about. Did that sentence make sense? I don't know. There's a lot of words. But, you know, like, the brewery customers, they're hungry for their marketing. They want it. They want to see them on social. They want, you know, I had a window tint company. How the heck do you put that on social media? Like literally nobody cares until they need it. So it's fun to work with that. So that was all there was to it was, you know, I just picked something and it was something that I happened to know a little bit about, something that I was interested in and something that was fun. So there you have it. Do you find that in those spaces that are full of a lot of passionate people. Like when I think of, I mean, some of the hobbies like I'm into, for instance, like biking, there's a lot of people that are willing to work in that space for either volunteering or little to no money because they love being in the space. I don't know if that translates into the craft brewery market. Now there's a lot of money to be made. We actually had a really large craft brewer in, uh, in, in Denver as a client and they were awesome, right? They were super awesome. I think like you said, like they always had cool events going on. They had like t-shirts they could sell online. They had all sorts of like fun stuff. But one thing that we did find was there were some people that were like really passionate about that space that were kind of always like nipping at our heels, willing to do it for a little bit less or a little bit, you know, and and we always had to be like proving our results. Have you experienced that at all in that market where there's just really passionate people willing to kind of not get paid very much money to do that kind of work? I don't know that so much because of what we do is so technical and things. There's not always, you know, some of the elements like like everybody knows a photographer who will come in and shoot their fo- their photos for beer. Things like that. There yeah, are. That's they sometimes will have to. somebody. Yeah. There's some people that will have somebody that will post on social for them. Things like that. But when it comes to the core of like building the website and things, the issue isn't so much that other people are undercutting. 
the big issue I've found in this niche is that in this industry is that any industry where somebody turns a hobby into a business, they're not the best business person. And a lot of times they're even grumpy about having to do the bit. Like the business stuff is a necessary evil to them. So there are, you know, your stereotypical like stockbroker buddies who think it'd be cool to own a bar. And so they come and invest. They put their money in and they start a brewery. Those are great clients because they want to hire you to do what you're good at. They have the capital, startup, all this stuff. But when you've got, you know, Joe, who just has been brewing in his garage and Al's friends told him like, this beer is so good, you could sell it. That's a completely different mindset. So getting past that mindset of like, I just want to brew beer. I don't want to deal with a website and I don't want to deal with billing and I don't want to deal with all this stuff. You know, that's the part, that's more the hurdle in that industry. So you, uh, you had three clients and uh, you didn't just flip a coin. You actually thought about kind of who would be fun to work with. And you, you did some thought behind choosing your market, which I commend you on. How have you, you. <laughs> how have you grown in that space? How have you created kind of a brand and how do you go out there and get, get clients in that space? I joined the guild. I speak at their events. I volunteer to help them on stuff. I go and show up and walk around and give out stickers and things. I call the breweries and I do little things for them on their websites and stuff like that. I go visit the breweries and go sit and work there and strike up conversations and, you know, just be open to connections and stuff like that. We also were sort of evaluating the the market and realized that, you know, the front end of the market is the startups and they literally like 99% of the time have tons of unanticipated expenses that come up, you know, some issue with the water line or some issue with this or that or whatever, some, you know, there's always something. And so the marketing always is tough at the beginning. Once they get pouring beer, once they're open and pouring beer, they become profitable fairly easily down the road then. But the early stage, so we decided to set up a, um, a turnkey system for breweries as well. We call it Sweet Brewery Sites. And it's a it's a turnkey where they can just do a monthly, it's Wix for breweries basically is the not as poetic way of saying it, but um, where they can go in and DIY their own sites and it, and have functional and beautiful sites. Not like everybody else, all the breweries that go to Wix or Squarespace, they end up with like a cafe theme because that's like the closest they can get. And, you know, you see all these little elements of that. So, so that's what we wanted to do is offer something that was like affordable. And this fabulous service launched in March, 2020. So guess <laughs> what that meant? Hard so time to launch something, all, right? All the breweries shut down. <laughs> like nobody had any money. Nobody's making money. So it's been a rough, it's been a rough few months in the, in the brewery space. So we're still plugging along. We're still getting some new clients and stuff, but for the most part, I've been laying low because it just isn't the right time to go knocking on doors and saying like, Hey, do, they, they do need help though. I've, I've helped a lot of them with, you know, putting up notices and they all need to get selling things online now and stuff. So it is still a viable niche, but I've really scaled back on my more aggressive marketing and things like that for them. I've shifted a lot more of my focus over into focus WP because during the pandemic, in these difficult times, as everybody <laughs> likes to talk about, you know, agencies really are the ones that are have the capacity to thrive because so many people need a web presence now. So as they're thriving, then we support them. And so that has been, that's been really lovely. We've actually been slammed like that. It's, it's been so fascinating. Like I was for a while there, I was getting so angry at all my friends talking about being bored. I'm like, if one more person 
tells me they're bored right now. Like I'm going to kill them. Cause I was like, I was losing my mind. Like I wasn't sleeping. I was like going so like working nonstop and being stressed out and everybody's just like, I don't know anything to do. These are agency owner friends, business owner friends, or like, Oh no, no, just friends, you know, just people I know, like the, you know, your general Facebook feed kind of people or Instagram feed, you know, where they're like, all of a sudden everyone and my cousin has time to do TikTok videos. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, They're all making more money on unemployment than they did at their jobs. And I'm just like killing myself. (laughs) So, but in the same breath, I'm very grateful for it. Like I, you know, I would get frustrated by that, but I feel very fortunate that I'm in a position to have something that, you know, have a skill set and customers and things that could survive 2020. Like that's, yeah. that's something, there's something to be said for that. A lot of businesses have definitely, uh, or, or have been less fortunate. I mean, I, I think that it's, we've had several people on this show to talk about the impact that COVID's had on, on businesses in general, which agencies serve lots of businesses. And so some, some, there have been some winners right. and losers, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think people have, uh, been able to, you know, that are in the digital space. A lot of people have looked to the internet for the solutions to whether it's delivery or curbside or whatever, right? New business ideas, new uh, ways to deliver things, which has been good. So for sure, how, if you can't be in person. You got to do it over the internet. Yeah. How do you, you've got these kind of, I always say like, you've got these like two horses that you're kind of riding, right? You got your sweet tea marketing mm-hmm. and you got your focused WP and you've got a very distributed team. You don't have full-time people that are necessarily a part of your organization. You kind of pull people in as necessary. How do you manage your kind of headspace and time between those two very different projects? I mean, I personally have never been able to make that work. I'm a very one-track mind type of person, but how have you, and you're, you're making it work. Obviously it was a, a, a gift to you or a, a, it, was, it was good in terms of hard times that you had something else to focus on while your other market maybe got a little bit hit. How do you kind of think about your week and how much time you spend on one side of the business versus the other? I don't have a formula for that really. It depends on what's happening. I, I do keep a, you know, my calendar is my life, <laughs> booking everything out. I use ClickUp to manage things. I have a project manager and a VA and some other people that help me keep my ducks in a row. My business partner in Focus WP is extremely organized and he's very good at prioritizing things. So um, he's my, uh, like, he keeps me structured. He keeps me balanced. He keeps me accountable with all of that. He also has an agency of his own. So, you know, we do sometimes cross over and help each other with other things as well. So really having somebody with a complementary brain type and skill set is super helpful. Uh, I am big into focusing on strengths. Like, what is it that I do well? And what do I not do well? Let's get somebody else to do that. So so that's really what I try and do. And I've been building websites and doing general branding and marketing for companies for so long, like since the middle 90s, which makes me feel so old. But like since literally since dial-up internet, I've been making websites for people. Like I feel like I should have fully gray hair and a cane and everything. But, you know, that part, like those parts and those processes are so ingrained that those aren't as tricky, you know, like you, I've got standard operating procedures in place. So I follow, I can follow through with those pretty easily. And then right now with focus, we're in, we're doing a big push on some marketing campaigns. So that's been taking over more of a majority of things that we're doing. And I've been doing more speaking engagements and things like that. So, you know, there's all of those kind of, it's just a push and pull, but I don't know. I love them both. 
do you ever see yourself going, you know, all in, in one of those directions? If, uh, uh-huh. either by choice or by circumstance? For sure. Yeah. For a long time, I thought like, oh, my agency is so me, you know, like it's such a part of me. We, we all tend to be that way. Like it's a blurry line between the business and ourselves. And it's, like I could never think of like that's not a company that feels like I could sell it or get rid of it because it's it's me like sweet tea is is me and so that has always been tricky but then lately I've been loving the the automation and the structure and the like the way that Focus WP works and how just it's such a completely different thing you know it's a productized service rather than a custom service so it's just a completely different animal and so you know i i have been feeling lately like ah maybe i could maybe i could go there and do that all in at some point but i don't know it's it's so hard when these are our our babies and and i've never not done that even when i had full-time jobs or worked in slightly different industries or otherwise like i've always had a side hustle. I've always built websites. I've always coached people on the marketing. Like I've always done that. So it is kind of hard to imagine not. But at the same time with Focus, we we do offer, you know, like those supplementary services. So I think I could maybe get my fix through that. I don't know. <laughs> hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast so I can focus on getting my clients' results and building a successful and profitable agency. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more info at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. Something that you uh, you brought up, and I just kind of picked up on it through our interview, is is you. It sounds like you kind of get yourself out there in your market, which I want to first just commend you on. That not everybody goes and hands out stickers, or goes mm-hmm. and presents, or speaks, and or even just visits businesses in their market, which I know right now has to be done virtually. You can't just. You know, if you, if you just stop by a business these days, like they, they might almost uh, get defensive or something, depending on what, how, right. what, where their views are. You know, what, what are your, how do you think of engaging in that stuff? Because I know a lot of our listeners, that kind of activity, you know, doesn't come naturally. They have some fears and reservations about getting out in their market, whether that's calling people they don't know and they think, oh my God, cold calling, I can't do this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, getting up on stage, a lot of people feel like, I mean, there's, there's lots of surveys out there that people would rather die than public speak. And, yeah. you know, which obviously I don't if think. If you're going to be at a funeral, the famous Jerry Seinfeld bit, right? If you're, if you have to be at a funeral, you would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> right. And, and obviously I don't, I, I definitely love to push people outside of their comfort zone, but I'm curious what, what's, uh-huh. how, how do you approach this? Cause it sounds like you're doing really uh, a good job on that front. And is that something that comes naturally to you or is it something that you've had to kind of work at over time? Well, for starters, I am fortunate in that I am naturally gregarious. That's my personality type. I'm an extrovert and I am gregarious. I recharge with other people. So I do have an advantage in that way. But like what we're doing right now, like this doesn't terrify me, but this isn't natural, you know, to be recorded by somebody, to be asked these questions and all of this stuff. Like, so I have sort of developed this 
idea of a, like a proactive open-mindedness where I, I'm open-minded to opportunities and to doing things, even if they're uncomfortable, but, but not so much just sitting back and waiting for things to happen. So my business partner, Tom, he and I met at a WordCamp and it was uncomfortable. Like it's uncomfortable to go to a conference by yourself. It is. It's awkward. I don't know what the, like the sociological elements are in that, but like if you're at a conference and you're by yourself and you approach a group of people, it's weird. Like it's, it's still a little awkward. If you are with another person and the two of you approach a group, it's like 90% less weird. I'm not sure what that is, uh, or if it's just me that gets flashbacks to like junior high lunchroom terror, but like <laughs> something about that is uncomfortable, even, even as a, an extrovert and things. So, you know, I've tried to just have this attitude of saying, sure, you know, like, do I, am I going to go to this conference? Sure. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. Okay, let's do it. So I go to the conference and there was somebody else that was by himself, Tom. And, and I'm like, I sh- should I go talk to that guy? You know, he's by himself. And I said, all right, sure. So I just went up and I said, <laughs> we stuck up a conversation and I said to him, Hey, do you want to be my conference buddy? And he looked at me and just started cracking up like, what? And I explained to him my theory on how it's awkward alone. And he, he's an introvert. So he was thrilled. I'm like, oh yeah. So now this is like our thing. Like we go to conferences together, like word camps and things. And he just comes along with me and I just run my mouth and he just is my sidekick. And we're both thrilled because it's perfect. <laughs> but, uh, so, so every and then, introvert just needs to find themselves an extrovert and then and they'll, vice versa. They'll be, conf- they'll, they'll be conference buddies. Yeah. And yeah, the I need somebody to laugh at like, my jokes and stuff too, you know? They'll, they'll, they'll be like, no, you can't go to the fifth after party. We can, you have to go, you know, you have to, you have to go to sleep at some point. Right. Well, and that's, I think that's exactly. really, weird. I mean, it, it, um, you know, cause if, if we think about, I read this book, you know, sapiens, uh, kind of about how the human, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, how humans kind of became who they are today. And if you think about like who we were 10,000 years ago, if you went up to a, a group of strangers, that would be. A Not tribe a or a group of people that that maybe is uh, has aggressive feelings or you know strangers are mm-hmm. dangerous is like part of our DNA because strangers ten thousand years ago most likely were dangerous they were probably trying to kill you or they were trying to take yeah. your stuff or whatever and so you know but if you go to like a word camp you know I don't I think we could all agree that nobody at word camp is trying to kill anybody else and but but like the same triggers of fear. I think show up. And I think this mindset you have around this proactive, uh, what would you call it? Open-mindedness. Open-mindedness. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, well, it's good because it says, hey, it's not, it's kind of this sure, but it's almost like reminding yourself that if I go talk to these people, they're not going to like Like, literally die. I'm not going to die. Right. Which is the, the, the trigger response inside of our bodies Mm -hmm. is saying you, you know, you're going to die. Don't talk to strangers. Right. And you're like, no, Mm -hmm. this is, this is WordCamp. This is not, you know, uh, the, the warring tribe, right? And so that's something that I think is is a really good mindset. And uh, I think it's also beyond something like, should I attend a WordCamp? But also, what if, like, we're all, we all have this tendency to be in our little caves, right? Our little bubbles. You know, I'm in my office here. I don't even have windows. Like, I can't even see outside. There's no people here. I don't work with anybody. So, we can get very narrow-minded very easily. We only have our experience to guide us. And so being like proactively open to 
relationships and even even not relationships, just conversations, I think can be so supremely beneficial. So I try and just sort of be like, just, hey, somebody wants to talk? Sure. You know, I'm open to a lot of things. Now, the caveat with all of this is you have to do it within the basic, your basic personal and business boundaries. Like you can't let anybody run your life and just say yes to absolutely everything. But to be open to even, you know, I mean, I I have a thing in my signature line on my emails that somebody can book a 15 minute call with me, like anybody, I'll talk to anybody for, for a 15 minute call or whatever. And it's like, you can like, I can count maybe on one hand, maybe the number of times where I'm like, well, I'll never get that 15 minutes back. But that's the worst thing, you know, like if it's just a waste of 15 minutes, that's it. But so many times it turns into 30 minutes or an hour and you walk away feeling energized or have a new idea that's inspirational or something like that. Like just just being like open to looking for even these small opportunities. Like it doesn't have to be like taking an airplane and staying in a hotel and going to a conference and approaching a group of shit. Like it doesn't have to be that big, which we can't do right now anyway. So, so that's good. But you know, it's like just to be available to like take advantage of these little opportunities, I think is huge. You mentioned that the caveat or rule is to have some clear boundaries. And obviously with mm-hmm. uh, your book, 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes, not 30, or it's 15, not an hour, right? It's 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. What other boundaries or guardrails do you keep? I mean, if you have any other kind of uh, formal ones or maybe just kind of informal. Well, I try and be open to opportunity in general, but of course I have personal standards and morals that I wouldn't compromise. You know, like I'm not going to get involved with certain adult materials. It's like if somebody offered me an opportunity with something like that, that's not for me. That might be for you. And hey, listen, Brent, I don't know what you're into. It's fine. But, uh, you know, that's just Before not, any so rumors just have started, I just want to make sure that that's not. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, so you you just have to have your own your own set of boundaries. If somebody, you know, and I have my calendar booking has hours set to it. So if somebody needs to talk to me at 10 p.m., I mean, if there's a real good reason, maybe I will, I'm a night owl. But if not, like, they can book on that calendar thing when I'm available. So it, it all does come within a structure. It's not just completely a free for all that I'm open to anything anybody wants to suggest. I kind of came up with this idea a long time ago. I read this book called The Year of Yes by Maria, I don't know if it's Headley or Heedley, H E A D L E Y. And it has nothing to do with business. But it's about this, uh, she graduated, she was going to college, college student who moved to New York City and had a rough dating life. You know, she was struggling and everybody that she went out with ended up in disaster, but she would turn down people all the time because they weren't her type. And one of her friends or roommates or something, I I haven't read it in about 10 years, but pointed out to her that, you know, maybe you don't know what's best. Like maybe your type is wrong. Maybe you don't know what your type is. So this girl committed to saying yes to everything for one year dating. Again, with the boundaries, that didn't mean she would say yes to everybody who wanted to sleep with her. It meant she would go on a date with anybody who asked her out. So she ended up going on a date with a homeless person, with a mime, with uh, somebody way older than her, somebody way younger, you know, like this, like every race, every everything, because you figure New York City, right, you're going to get a ton of offers. And, and she ended up dating and marrying and being super happy with somebody that she would have 100% turned down based on certain things about his life and his personality. So it really worked for her. And I was just fascinated by this concept of like, we don't always know what we want. 
We think we do, but we don't. So if we can be open to these kind of things that come along and say, it seems like, yes, I'm always more like, eh, sure. You know, mine's, mine's not quite as like confidently. Yes. Cause mine is more like the year of, okay, sure. Yeah. But I was going to say, I, it sounds like, just, it sounds like you have a book coming called the, the year <laughs> of sure. Yeah, uh. <laughs> uh, should. But my um oh, and Shonda Rhimes, the TV person, wrote a book named the same thing like a couple years ago, but it's a different book. It's not the same one. Well, I, I, I there's the I think there's a movie. I don't know if it was based on the, I mean, the same concept. I think it's called Yes Man, and he you know he has a somehow some kind of mm. spell. I think it was uh, what's his name? Is it Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey, I think. Yeah, he was he was but, Yes no, Man. No, that's lie or lie. I don't know anyway. But one of them. No, maybe it's not. Yeah. I, I can't remember. There's a movie, Yes Man, he has to say, yeah, he says yes to every, he kind of has like a spell or whatever right. on him and he can't say no to anything. He has to say uh-huh. yes to everything and it's kind of about all those exploits. And I think that that is, um, you know, you mentioned that people don't always know what they want. And I do think that there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I think that if we look at, a, we had a, a friend of mine, Mike Parker on our show recently, where he talked a lot about kind of the conscious mind and the unconscious mind and how a lot of our Mm. emotional, you know, what makes us emotionally happy or sad and things like that are actually more driven from unconscious experiences, things that are happening in an area where we really can't communicate logically to it. And, and that makes total sense that if you're, you know, if your happiness is coming from a place that you can't communicate to your logic brain might be getting a signal thinking, no, this is a bad thing, but maybe it's just like nervous and excited. Right. I mean, who knows? So, um, so I I love this. This is um, yogurt or something. Yeah. Maybe maybe you just haven't slept much and that's why you're, you're stressed out and you're going to say no to something versus, uh, versus not. So I love this idea of trying stuff. Stephanie, I think the, the, uh, the book of 15, any time as a tool to say, Hey, I'll give 15 minutes. Anybody, that creates kind of a, a an, an opportunity for you to assess things before before saying no, and uh, and also doing a little bit of help first, which we're which we're a big fan of. Uh, so I think this mm-hmm, concept of proactive sure. open mindedness is is awesome. And just looking over my notes, it was cool to hear about your uh, path into niching and also your path into running kind of two separate agencies right now that are serving two very distinct markets. This has been an awesome conversation. Stephanie, are you ready for our lightning round? I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I should have had a drink before this. Okay. You still can. Ready? (laughs) What is the best? Would there be like a ticking clock? Yeah. Like going to like in dramatic music? Yeah, there will. There will be. Yes, there there will definitely be uh, music. So, but just not right now. Uh, So first question, uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? It isn't quite business advice. This was the hardest of the lightning questions for me to figure out. And I, I've decided on something that my mom says, which our best advice really should always come from our mom anyway, shouldn't it? She says, listen to your body. So if something, if I need a lot of sleep or if I do this or do that, whatever, and something you might feel bad about, she'll go, listen to your body. You need it. And I think that that is something that as entrepreneurs it's very difficult for us to do because we're listening to our business. And so if you need to take a break, if you need to take a vacation, if you need more sleep, if you need different food, whatever it is, if you just need to play, or if you need to take and block everything out and have focused work time, whatever it is, like listen to your body and you are so much better of a version of yourself if you do. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Well, I think... Just the fact that I'm chatty, (laughs) to be honest, I think 
That uh, gregarious personality trait that I have has opened up a lot of doors for me. And I think that's kind of cool. It's like, it's such a blessing because it's not something I can even take credit for. It's just how I'm made. And that, that personality trait has helped me in this, like being open to other things and making connections and making networks that that turn into to other things. And even when it comes to clients with doing sales, like being able to talk to anybody, like that's really what sales is, right? It's just talking to somebody and making them like you. <laughs> you know, if you could communicate to somebody in that way, if something goes wrong on a project and you can talk about it and smooth it over, that's a huge thing to have because stuff goes wrong, you know? So I think I'd have to say, <laughs> even though that seems silly, it's being a talker. Can you share an internet resource? Was that, was that answer too long? Because that would be very fitting, no, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, the, <laughs> it? It was it, the the uh, the pithy version would be I'm chatty, but uh, you gave us the yeah. full the full explanation, which is uh, a good representation of the uh, of the, of the, uh, the personal habit. Yep. <laughs> uh, can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? I have so many that I love, but uh, one of my go-to apps, we were just talking about this on my other podcast, is uh, LastPass. I know that's not new. I wish I had something like cool and new that nobody knew about that I could like all hipster reveal to you. But uh, but LastPass, it just saves my life all day, every day. <laughs> it is so, oh, I just love it. And what book would you recommend and why? I am... Like a diehard, anything Mike Michalowicz writes, I'm, I'm reading it. Anything Donald Miller writes, I'm reading it. Like, I love all of those kind of things. I love every book anybody's basically recommended on the show already. But I think, you know, I already talked about it. Like, go read The Year of Yes. It's not a business book, but it's a mindset that you could maybe change up a little bit and open yourself up to some cool things. Awesome. Well, we will definitely link out to The Year of Yes We'll also link out to uh, Mike Michaelowitz and Donald Miller's Amazon pages. So you just you just recommended all of their books. So we'll uh, no, no, I didn't recommend them. I just said I love them all, but I like, I them. couldn't pick one. I couldn't <laughs> pick one. So well, we'll we'll link out to them. So you I'm sure are, they've all been recommended on this podcast already. So uh, yeah, I mean the uh, with Donald Miller's Story Brand and Mike Mike yeah. uh, Michaelowitz, he, we've had him on the program before. So Profit First. Uh, first pumpkin, pumpkin plant, you pumpkin know, plant. Yep. Brunch, like all of them. Like it's all so good. Yeah. I'm so a fan we'll, girl of uh, those guys, but we'll, we'll link but yeah, out to so, their stuff as well, as well as the year of yes. So listeners, you can find out those, uh, you can see those links on our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you're out on a run or on the road or like me on a bike ride, you can check all that stuff out as well as links Prince is actually on a bike ride right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I am right. He's uh, going kind of slow though. That's why it's not out of breath. <laughs> That would be a good podcast, right? For me to do uh, on, on, on the road. <laughs> we, uh, should, we should do one of those, like a biking podcast. Everybody <laughs> <What> like, <laughs> <laughs> Might not be the best audio experience, but uh, it would be a fun experience nonetheless. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, check that stuff out at the show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Stephanie, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Yeah, you can go to my website, focuswp.co. Uh, and if you go to, focuswp.co slash yougurus. We got a little deal for your listeners. Thought we'd hook them up a little bit. And um, and there'll be links there to find us in our Facebook group and all that stuff too. Awesome. Well, we will uh, link out to focuswp slash or .co slash yougurus. So if you are not in front of a computer right now, just check out our website, mm-hmm. go to our podcast page 
And uh, if you're listening to this week off, you'll see Stephanie's, the, the headline there with her episode. Just click on her picture. You'll see links out to that. Uh, thank you so much for hooking up our audience with a special deal on your uh, WordPress service. So if you're interested Happy to, to learn I'm a big more fan about of that, you guys. Nice. Very cool. We love, we love uh, having fans. We love having fans on the show. So Stephanie, thanks so much for, uh, for swinging by the program today. Uh, it was a blast. Thanks, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency to achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.